All right. Praise the Lord. We thank the Lord for his goodness and his mercy as all times. He is good uh, in all times. He is wonderful in all times. He is perfect in all times. He is holy. We thank God because there we really just couldn't do anything without him. Um, so we praise the Lord uh, for uh, always being patient with us, giving us second chances, just giving us what we need. Amen. Let's go ahead and begin uh, and pick up in our uh, lesson, ongoing lesson in the Bible Matters series. Um, this one we are covering um, for our uh, scripture. We are in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 32 through 37. And the Bible reads as follows. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock, and I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered him, it out of his mouth. Amen. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them seen. He hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go, and the Lord be with thee. God is good all the time, and we pray that God add a blessing and a hearing to all those that hear his word and do his word. Obedience is always important um, to as the correct follow-up to hearing the word of God. It's never just hearing the word, but, but family, we have to be doers of the word. Um, this is the will of God for us. Amen. Amen. Uh, when we last left off uh, a, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about uh, a couple things, and one of the things that we really talked about um, was the uh, the topic of of parents and or the topics of of children. Um, uh, and we we learned we that we learned that it is the will of God that parents provide uh, for their children. Amen. Remember, we asked. Uh, a couple of, of questions, almost rhetorical questions. Is it, um, 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 what does it mean um, um, for parents of faith to be concerned about their children? Because remember, we learned that David's father, Jesse, was concerned about his sons, his oldest sons. Amen. And so, part of that concern moved or motivated Jesse to send David. David came back evidently um, from keeping his father's sheep. He came home. Remember, David was in the employ of Saul, right? He is the musician for Saul, all right? And um, David comes home to take care of the flock of Jesse. That's what he does. And when David gets home, all right, to take care, uh, to take care of the flock, 
uh, David's father has an assignment for him. He's got a task for him. Amen. And so he sends David to the battlefield to check on his brother. He sends him with some provisions to take to him and to the captain. But he also gives David a task. And that task that he gives David is the task to, uh, to check on, to bring proof of life is what we call it's what we called it. Amen. And that's something that we learned that they would do because oftentimes um, the family and the friends supported those uh, soldiers, many of those who who were on the front lines. So especially um, um, in the time of battle, this was something that they did. And so they would have their family bring provisions. But also it was important to know, is my loved one still alive? Are they still OK? Are they, have they come to any harm? What has, um, you know, have they gotten hurt? These were concerns. And so it is with us today, okay? Just as if we have children in our families or loved ones in our family who are part of the military, okay? Or part of maybe a police force or something like that. It's important for us. It means something for us to know that they are okay. When we know that someone has a profession that has the potential to put them in harm's way, regardless of what the cause is for. Now we pray that it's a noble cause. We don't wanna be doing that for something unnoble, okay? But when we have someone like um, loved ones and, and family and friends and who are defending our country or our neighborhoods or what or our, our cities and all of these different things, doesn't matter what it is, whether they're a firefighter, a policeman, um, um, soldier, uh, doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter when we have loved ones and friends who are part of, um, of professions that have the potential to put them in harm's way. How, imagine how you would feel. You want to know that your loved one is okay. You want to know that they're all right. This was the same thing for Jesse. Okay. He wanted to know, are my three oldest boys, are they okay? Okay, I want to I want to do that. So part of what they did during these times when they would have these battles is, is that they would send someone from the family with provisions to take to them. Obviously, the anticipation, the assumption is, is that they are OK, but also there was a reality that even though they were taking the provisions, there was always the chance that they were not OK. So there was always usually a secondary task that was given, and that secondary task was to come back with proof of life. Bring me something back that shows me, that lets me know that my loved one is okay, that my son or my daughter or whatever, whoever it is, I want to know that they're okay. I want to make sure their needs are met, and I want to know that they're okay. Well, as parents, we are also concerned, all parents, just as Je Jesse was concerned about his three oldest boys. Amen. Amen. Just as he was concerned about his three oldest boys. And I want you to understand something. These oldest boys didn't have on them the call or the anointing to be king. David did. David would be the one that um, would eventually be, be king. This is something that Jesse was aware of. Want you to, I want you to notice something. Yet Jesse, regardless of that, Jesse still wanted to know, were my oldest boys okay? Not just David. You would think for some people, the, the child that has the special gifting, and this is, it's, it's very sad, but in some family dynamics, 
the children that seem to have the talent or the um, or the most skill, the one who's most like one parent or the other, unfortunately tends to be and sometimes is loved more than the other or is treated more what treated well or better than the others. And this thing ought not be. This is a sin. I'm going to say that again. Dealing with our children through the lens of favoritism is a sin. It is contrary. It is contrary to the will of God and such a thing should not be done. No parent should be loving one child more than the other. Amen. And, and, and especially making that obvious and making that known. It is such a travesty that we have so many, we have so many um, parents out there who, who, who blatantly show favoritism to one child or the other. And all that it does is breed animosity between the children and the parents, but also it creates rivalry between the siblings. When they should be together, they are at odds with one another. All it does is create the fertile ground necessary for a fallout and a breaking away between siblings. These are great evils, family, and they are things that we as children of God should not have our hands to. David was anointed to be king, and if anything, there would Jesse would have had more than a right, amen, to focus on David and just be concerned about David, but that's not what he did. He sent David to check on those who didn't have the calling, who didn't have that same anointing. Do you understand what I'm saying? I hope that you do. I hope that you're hearing it and I hope that you're internalizing it. You might not see the value. You might not see what, what your child is capable of right now, but mom and dad, you stick with it. Love that child as God would have you love them. Be upfront and honest in your love. Not showing favoritism, not pitting them against one another if you have more than one or there's some, or even if you just have one, and, but you pit that child against somebody else. Don't do that. Don't do that. Amen. Don't do that. That's a great evil. And you, 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 we, we damage our children. We hurt them on levels that are, that are hard to explain. So they usually manifest in bad and negative behavior. When the children feel like, you know what, I ain't no way for me to, to measure up. It's never going to do any good. I'm never going to have that love. I'm never going to have all that kind of stuff. For some children, this is enough for them to stop trying. God didn't call. Listen, it is a sin for us. The scripture teaches it very plainly. For us to be respecters of persons. Why? Because God is not. And when we do that, we are sinning against God. So I want to encourage every parent, no matter when you, when you listen to this, where you are, what time of day, doesn't matter. If you have more than one child, whether it's biological or not, and you have been showing favoritism 
to one over the other. Maybe one doesn't give you as, as many problems as the other. I want you to cease and desist. Don't go no further in that foolishness. Decide now that I am going to treat all of my children equally. I'm going to give that love equally. I am going to learn to be just as excited about the one as I am the other. This is honorable for God. Make sure that you do that. Nevertheless, David was sent at the request of Jesse, his dad, to go and check on his, other, his oldest sons and bring proof of life. I want to make sure that they are okay. And that's what he does. Amen. And we also talked about how, yes, God also wants us as parents to be concerned about our children. He doesn't want us to go overboard and be ridiculous, okay? To be so caught up in the children that we don't, that, that, we, that, we, that we just do any and everything and let any and everything go. No, that's not what God has called us to do, okay? And we also discovered that God has a problem with parents that won't do for their children. So God has a problem with deadbeat parents, okay? And we also uh, discovered that if you are a deadbeat parent, what does that mean? That means I am a parent who is not taking care of my children, my responsibility. We gave you a very, uh, <laughs> a, a very humbling news flash, and I'm going to go ahead and give it to you again. Parents that do not take care of their children cannot make it into heaven. You're not going. I know. Some people think that, you know, that's all right. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to do all this and I'm going to serve. No, you need to go back and you need to take care of your responsibilities. We gave you 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 to prove that out, along with Revelations 21, 7 through 8, okay? Parents that do not take care of their children, okay? You cannot just decide that you ain't gonna take care, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna shrink from your responsibility and not do any of the things that you're supposed to. I don't care if they got grown, you know you didn't do nothing, so you now need to go back and start doing what you were supposed to do because if there's no version of this where you can walk in that kind of sin. You can't walk in no kind of sin, especially no sin like that. Talking about you going to heaven, you're not going anywhere. I want to make sure you understand that very plainly. The word of God is against you. It's against that mindset, that ideology. You might as well throw that trash right on out the window. You, if you are engaged in that, you know you got, it doesn't matter the circumstances of how those children got here. They are yours. They are your responsibility. You got no right to walk out and abandon them. You might not be have the, the, the ideal living arrangement or situation, but you still have a responsibility and God's going to hold you to the line. It ain't going to be nobody who get up, who, who get to that day, that day of reckoning, that final day where we are called to stand before and have and got children that they didn't take care of talking about they going to heaven. No, you're not. Let me tell you right now, your elevator is going down. It is not going up. So don't walk in that sin. So we learned all of these different things. Amen. We learned all of those different things. And we learned that according to Psalms uh, 127, verse three, children are the heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. And so we left it really with talking about how children really are, amen, a blessing from God. And many of us are in need of being reminded of that. So we stop misusing and abusing the gifts that God has given us. Let me explain something to you real quick. God didn't give you children for you to beat your children. 
Mm-mm. No, 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 no. No, there is a difference between there is a difference between disciplining and child abuse. Amen. Amen. And some of us parents are too quick to jump on our kids and get on their case before we hear what's going on. The Bible teaches us, you know, that a man or a person who answers a matter before he heareth it is a fool. And it's a whole lot of us that make assumptions that our children are guilty. And all of us have made those mistakes from time to time. Well, we got to try not to. We need to hear a matter. The Bible tells us, family, be slow to anger. This, if ever there was a place and an opportunity in our life where having that quality is more important, if there was ever a place where that, where we need that quality, it is in raising children. Amen. Amen. Because they might not, children come with many different ways and levels of communication. They don't all, they don't communicate on the same level as an adult. They don't do that. Uh Uh-uh. They're not born. No, 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 no. They don't. Children do not reason the same way that an adult does. And some of us are too quick to treat our children like an adult. Uh Uh-uh. And some of us base that on the reality that one day they will become an adult. So I'm going to start treating you as adult. No, 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 no. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I spake as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Amen. I thought as a child, spake as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. What does that mean? That means there's a time to be a kid. And if there is a time to be a kid, then family, that means there is a time where parents must treat their children as children. The day will come soon enough. Don't be so quick to grow your kids up. Amen. Let them have a godly childhood. They need that. They need that. It is, it is necessary for their development. Don't rush. Don't be so quick to hurry up and get to that. No, no, no. Take advantage of the time that you have, that we have, while our children are young to instill the word of God and to teach those core foundation and principles. Why? Because children are the heritage of the Lord. It means God's looking for a return. You see, it's God's plan that children be introduced to him by way of the parents. Oh, amen. Sin came in and severed the relationship between man, between man and God. And so over time, as you read the scripture, you see very plainly that in man's turning away from God, 
He lost his familiarity with God and lost his connection with God. So throughout scriptures and even throughout today, you will find generations of people who know not God, need to know him, but they don't. So we have scriptures like Deuteronomy 6 and 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thine soul and with all thy might. In verse six, and these words, which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. Verse seven, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk with them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. What are you talking about, Brother Walker? What I'm simply saying is, is that Scripture plainly teaches that God's plan to reintroduce himself to the human family, ideally, it is supposed to be by way of the parents unto the children. The parents are supposed to be teaching the next generation how to find God who God is, what God likes, what God dislikes, how to praise and worship God. That is what our responsibility as parents is to the next generation. That supersedes everything else that you are supposed to give unto a child. Different parent, parents have different levels of ability to provide physical things for the children. Some have more than others. So some are able to give more than others in the physical sense. So what one set of parents may be able to give to their children, another set of parents may not be able to give to their children. There is no shame in this. And there is no need to feel bad about that. Why? Because that is not what God's desire is for the focus of parents, not on the physical and material things. They have their purpose and they have their place. Little bit of that. But where, all, where the playing field is level and equal among all parents is, is that we are able and we are commanded to give our next generation Jesus. I hope you hear what I'm saying. No, you're not commanded to give your child some Nikes and some and the latest shoes and all that. That ain't what you're commanded to do. The latest video games and a, and, and a new car when they graduate. That ain't what you that ain't what you're commanded to do. No, 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 no. That ain't what you're commanded to do. I don't see none of that in the Bible. Now, it is true, a good parent wants to leave something for their children. And so there is a place for these things. But that's not, but that's not what God commands you to do. And it's a reason why, because everybody's not going to be able to do that. And God is fair. He doesn't command you to do what you cannot do. He commands you what you are able to do, what you are able to do. And what are you and I able to do? We are able 
to share Jesus and evangelize our children. We are able to teach the next generation about God Almighty. Do you not know that if you will just do this, all of the other stuff that you, listen, your children are not going to hurt. They're not going to miss anything. They're not going to, look, let me, listen, as long as that household has God and the love of God in that household, let me tell you something. You give them Jesus, give them that. If that's all you got, you just give them that. God will take care of the rest. Your children will come out well adjusted. They will come up knowing about what is most important. And they'll do so without you ever having to give them the world on a platter. No, 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 no. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world? family, if that same man's just going to turn around and lose his soul. There's nothing to be gained to pacify your children with things. All the while, their soul is corrupt and rotten. Leaving our children in danger of hellfire. Children can go to hell to just, as an, just as well as an adult. The word of God says this. Psalms 127.3, lo, children are a heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Not only this, but a lot of people don't realize that this commandment is not just to the parents to take care of the children. But it also extends to the grandparents too. Uh-oh. <laughs> Turn to Exodus chapter 10. I want you to look at verse two. And that thou mayest tell in the ears of thy son. Watch the language of the scripture. And of thy son's son. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's grandma and grandpa. What things I have wrought in Egypt and my signs, which I have done among them, that ye may know how that I am the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now look at Exodus chapter 13. I want you to look at verses 14. And I want you to look at verse 15. And it shall be when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, what is this that thou shalt say unto him? By strength of hand, the Lord brought us out from Egypt, from the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh would hardly let us go, that the Lord slew all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. But the firstborn of men and the firstborn of, uh, of beasts, therefore I sacrifice unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix, being males, but all the firstborn of my children I redeem. Making a way out of no way preserving 
these things, this was the history. And God says, listen, you got to, you got to carry on this history, this legacy. And it wasn't just for the parents to do, but for the grandparents as well. Let me talk to grandparents for just a moment, because God got something to say to everybody. Sometimes things don't always go according to design or desire, I should say, or the way that they should go. It is ideal that the parents take care of the children and that those parents communicate the word of God to their children. But everybody is somebody's son or daughter. And so sometimes these parents run aground for one reason or another. Bad decisions, wrong decisions, could be addictions, could be all kinds of different things. We don't want to put it all in the same thing, a variety of things. Sometimes even the untimely passing of a child who has children. And so parents or grandparents find themselves, and we see it more and more now, nowadays, who have already put in the time to raise their own children, done the best that they could. Now they find themselves doing it all over again. When yes, ideally it would be the parents, your children, who would be in raising their own children. Yet things happen and grandparents more and more increasingly find themselves parenting all over again. I want to say this to you. I want to let you know. First and foremost, amen for all the grandparents that rise to the occasion. He is a blessing of God Almighty because the thought of where some children would end up and where they would be if it were not for God moving and using grandparents to step in, to fill in the gap where the children or the actual parents have stepped out of line or are unable to do it. God has used grandparents. And I know that you get tired and I know that it is uh, cumbersome and troublesome at times. But for as much as it is, I want to remind you, not only is it a good thing, not only is it a wonderful and a noble thing, but it is also an assigned thing. Go back to Exodus 10 and 2. And that thou mayest tell in the ears of thy son and of thy son's son. That's grandparents. 
I know that some parents are dealing with the bad decisions of their children and those children have children and so on and so forth. And now you want, uh, you, you, you don't already put your time in and you feel like you just want yours and you just, you don't want to do that. You want your child to do right and do right by your grandchildren. But for whatever reason, they're unable to do that right now. You cannot just throw up your hands and throw in the towel. No matter how much you have earned your time of rest, you cannot leave those grandchildren to their own. If you know the word of God, don't matter if your children don't know it, if they if they parents don't know, if you know the word of God, I told you the word of God preached to everybody. Don't matter who the age, don't matter what it is. Grandma, grandpa, you don't get to check out. Knowing that you are an heir of salvation. And those youngsters don't know. God said it's your responsibility too. I know some people need to need to hear that. Because just like we got some good grandparents, we got some bad ones too. We got some negligent ones. We got some ones that feel like, you know what? You own your own. I didn't put my time in. Hold on. No, you're not. You're not even almost done. No parent or grandparent gets to retire from the responsibility of teaching God to the next generation. Nobody. Nobody. And grandma and grandpa, if that's you, shame on you. God ain't called you to that. Don't you walk in that wickedness not one more time. You got grandchildren, and it is unfortunate. It is sad that the parents are unable to do what the parents should be doing, but you know God. And the responsibility is yours too. It's not just a saying that it takes a village to raise a child, it does. Because when children come into the world, it becomes the responsibility, really, of that entire family line, especially those who are of the household of faith, to make sure that those youngsters, whether they are yours biologically or not, that they know who Jesus is, that they know how to be saved. that they know how to repent. They know they got to be baptized. They know they got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. This is our responsibility. Because those children are still the heritage of the Lord. And for as much as God holds parents responsible, he holds grandparents responsible too. I know that ain't what people wanted to hear, but that's what it is. You don't get to unwrite that. I don't get to undo that. Your children may not be teaching their children about Jesus, but you make sure you do. Every chance you get. And if you are in a position where you have act, are actually raising your grandchildren, let me tell you something, God's going to give you strength. 
You commit to do it God's way. God got a way of revitalizing you, giving you the strength that you need. And I'm going to tell you something. Those children are going to rise up and cause you blessed. You will have great honor. So grandparents, hang in there. I know it ain't fair, but it's what you got. And the Lord will be with you always from start to finish. And not only that, don't give up on your children either. Because my Bible teaches me that salvation is of the Lord and he know how to turn your children around, make them into the parents that they need to be. So you can't just give up on the parents and then just gravitate to the children. No, 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 no. That's wickedness. Just as you love your grandparents, you got to love your children also. Yeah, they grown and gone and, and hard-headed as I don't know what, but don't give up. Love going to always go where you can and do what you can. And last time I checked, God is love. He's going to always go where you can and do what you cannot do. You throw your children on the mercy of God. Lord, here they are. Lord, here are my grandbabies. Lord, here, here are my babies. Here they are. I need you to do it. I'm just talking to you this morning. That, that, that's, we're just talking, and I hope that this will be a blessing to some parents and grandparents. Let me talk to a little bit about to the parents who's shrinking from their responsibility and leaving it all to their grandparents. That's wickedness. And you participating in a scheme that's orchestrated by the devil. And ain't no scripture that ever tell no parents that you authorize to leave all the work to the grandparents. That ain't nothing short of the devil. And if you're a parent and you're doing that, you're leaving all of the work to the grandparent. You need to get it in gear. You need to repent of that sin. You need to go to your parents and you need to apologize for taking advantage of them. And you need to straighten up and do right. Your parents are meant to be a blessing, to be a compliment, not a substitute. And many a parent put off what they're supposed to do because they think grandma and grandpa got it. That's wickedness. And you better understand what that word says. God is not mocked. He is an avenger. It's time for you to stop doing all those other things. Your children didn't ask to be here. And sorry if for some of you, that's such an inconvenience. All children are a blessing. 
and all of them are meant to be the heritage of the Lord. It's time to put down the distractions, put down the drugs, put down the alcohol, put down everything that you got going on that's keeping you from being the parent that God has called you to be. Or I should say allowed you to be. And start rising to the occasion and living up to that responsibility. Parents and grandparents must work together. for the good of the children. Not for selfish gain and everything else. And we certainly can't leave them to their own reasoning and their own devices. No, 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 no. Bible says children are just of a few days. And they're already full. Foolishness and wickedness. What does that mean? That means a child left to their own who is going to figure out how to do wrong. Because doing wrong is in the nature of mankind. You don't have to actually teach a child how to do the wrong thing. All you have to do, if you want your children to do the wrong thing, all you actually have to do is ignore them and leave them to themselves and they'll figure out how to do the wrong thing. Because foolishness is in the heart of a child. It's what the Bible teaches. So no, we don't wanna leave our children to their own device. No, we got to take an active role and teach them, amen. This is honorable before God. Parents, we must discipline our children, amen. Proverbs 13, 24, he that spareth the rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. Hebrews 12, 7, 11, if ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, where for all are partakers, then ye are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. But he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. That means nobody want to get in trouble. But grievous, nevertheless, afterward, it yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. You got to discipline. Proverbs 19, 18. Chasten thy son while there is hope. And let not thy 
soul spare for his crying. That means when you know your child is doing something wrong and you got to call them on and you and then now it's time for you to deal with it. Yeah, they might cry and moan all the kind of stuff and so on. Uh-uh. You don't refuse to chastise or punish them because they done broke out into a cry into a cry before the chastisement and the punishment started. That's what the Bible's telling you. They may cry and moan and all that other kind of stuff all before any type of punishment takes place. You're still responsible for punishing and, and, and chastising them. And the Bible is telling you, don't get sidetracked because they start crying. Look at Proverbs. 22, 15, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, I told you. But the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Look at Proverbs 23, 13. Withhold not correction from, thy, from the child. For if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. And the rod is the rod of correction. This deals with correcting the child in all forms, in all ways. If there is no punishment, no consequence for anything that your children do, you're letting them get in the way with any in everything. And the Bible says that, listen, you're going to have a problem on your hands. Look at Proverbs 29, 15, 15, and 17. 15 says, the rod and reproof give wisdom. But a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. You can't have hands off. You're just going to let them do what they want to do. Verse 17 says, correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. First Timothy chapter three, look at verse number four. One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. Look at verse number 12 in that same first Timothy chapter three. Let the deacons be the husband of one wife, ruling their children and their own houses well. For as much as God is a God about parents taking care and grandparents taking care of the next generation, so too is he about that discipline. You must not neglect. When you see your child moving in the wrong things, you don't let's let that stand. You don't take no wait and see. No, you don't get into all that. That's ridiculous. But you are commanded by the word of God to deal with it. You deal with it in love. This don't require you to go no and abuse nobody. 
So get rid of that trash. But it most certainly does not require you to go around letting kids get away, your children get away with all manner of unrighteousness that no, uh-uh. God expects you to discipline those children. God expects you to hold them to the line. Amen. 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 But he don't expect you to go overboard. Look at Colossians chapter three. Look at verse 21. Father, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Look at Ephesians 6 and 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Chastising and disciplining our children. does not require us to intimidate and abuse our children. The call to discipline is not the allowance and permission of abuse. This is why the Bible tells you, be slow to anger. Because fast-moving anger clouds judgment. A matter that is answered too quickly without hearing what's going on leads to sin, family. Disciplining our children does not require us to break the spirits of our children. To make them feel like trash and like they can't do nothing right. We cannot tie everything to everything. Every situation becomes a monumental. No, we don't, we're not supposed to do that. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger lest they be discouraged. That means their spirit is broken. Parents, you're not supposed to be in your children's faces taunting them. Daring them to fight back. Causing them to fear for their lives? What kind of wickedness is this? Child abuse.
loose is of the devil. Whether it is physical or emotional. I said it's of the devil. God has not called us to walk in this. And it ain't no version of this that you think you can undertake and you still gonna make it to heaven. Let me tell you again, your flight is canceled. Your elevator is not going up, it is going down. How do you just misuse and abuse God's heritage? How do you treat what God makes you temporary stewards of like trash? Destroying them emotionally. Dealing with them inappropriately. Don't give us children. For us to work all manner of unrighteousness. Oh, you better hear me. I'm talking right to you, nasty fathers and mothers. Robbing children of their purity. Violating them and working all manner of unrighteousness. But I'm here to tell you, I'm going to preach that truth. You're not going to get away with it. You are not going to get away with it. What's done in the dark going to always come to the light. And not only that, you can't, let me tell you something, you ain't even going to heaven with all that. No, you disqualify. You can't go with all that. You got to get right before God. If your heart is unclean, you better hear me, fathers and mothers. You got to stay away from filth and perversion. Because if you subject yourself to this stuff, it will begin to corrupt your behavior. And it can begin to manifest in all areas. And in some areas, um, and usually you can't afford to have none of that manifest. And the best way to prevent that is to not have that trash in the first place. Bible says, touch not that unclean thing. Mothers and fathers are perverted and given to perversion. And because of this, many times it's the children that suffer and are exploited. I know it's heavy handed, but you got to hear it. Somebody who's gonna receive this message need to hear 
all of this. You got to have clean hearts and clean hands. And the only one that can clean us up is God Almighty. Turn to the Lord. Tell God, Lord, I'm going to do right by you. Which requires me to do right by everybody else, including my children. Because Lord, I want to present to you a heritage that glorifies your name. And I'm not going to stand in the way. Whatever you need to do, God, purge me, cleanse me, wash me. Whether it's anger or filth or perverted, it doesn't matter what it is. Lord, wash me, cleanse me. Make me able to be a good steward over what you've committed to my charge. Whether it's the parents or grandparents, God is able. God is able. But if you won't do that, and you're going to walk in this unrighteousness, let me serve notice to you right now. You're not going to get away with it. Not even almost. All right, family. I love you. God bless you. We will stop the recording here. And we will pick up next week. Amen. Glory to God. Um, and I believe next week we will embark uh, on uh, our first scripture within our text. <laughs> like I told you, we've been <laughs> taught all these lessons <laughs> on all of the preceding scriptures and yet have had the opportunity to really dive into it. Well, next week, we're actually going to dive into 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we're actually going to get into verse 32. Um, the background and all this stuff is necessary. And as I said before, we're not in any rush. We want everything that God has for us, and there's a story and everything. God bless your family. Until next week, have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday. Wow.